Mother Country is an SBS podcast produced on Wiradjuri land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, both here and on the lands from which you might be listening. My name is Mimi. So, my name's Adam. Hi, I'm Aragawi. My name is Rahel Davies. My name's Harry. Hello, my name is Ted and I'm in regional New South Wales and I'm eight years old. My name is Amy Chan, and this is episode two of Mother Country, a podcast about identity and intercultural adoption. This episode is called Naming Rights. As an adoptive parent, how do you name your child, especially if they're from another culture to you? Do you use the name given to them by their birth parents, by the institution you adopted them from? And does changing their name impact their sense of connection to their birth heritage? We actually really underestimated the importance of them keeping their names. The fact that they were really given those Ethiopian names in an orphanage as an identifier, it wasn't a name that they were given by someone who loved them. You shouldn't be changing your adopted child's original name unless there's a very good reason to do that. Growing up in a Chinese family in Australia, My heritage felt like a constant source of embarrassment. All I wanted was to blend in and be unseen because racist taunts and being treated differently from other kids had made me feel so ashamed. Because of this, the way my parents had chosen to spell my name felt mortifying. In the 1980s, there were lots of Amy's, but they were all spelt A-M-Y, not A-I-M-E-E. Even today, people still struggle to spell my name correctly, so every first interaction is awkward. I wanted both my kids to have simple names so they could avoid this clumsiness if they chose. But when we decided to adopt from Ethiopia, I was also hyper aware of the importance of retaining my son's birthright. I did not want to simply erase his Ethiopian name, but it was also incredibly difficult to pronounce. I wanted to incorporate it in a way that would make it easy for him to access if he chose. So we gave him a modest English name, but retained his Ethiopian name as his middle name on all his official documentation. And I'm very glad we did this, because eight years later, he likes to chop and change between which of the two names he prefers us to use, depending on the day. Over the years, I've noticed that every adoptive parent has a completely different approach to naming their kids. And I'm fascinated to hear how they reconcile these exact same issues we had with choosing to keep or change their children's names at adoption. My name is Joni. I now live in Sydney, uh, but I did used to live in Singapore for nearly 20 years. I have a biological daughter who's 27 years old, And I have two adopted children, a boy and a girl, who I adopted in Singapore. My adopted daughter is Chinese-Singaporean, and my adopted son is Malay and Eurasian-Singaporean. Both my children are six years old. They were born in the same year from different biological families, um, but they're very close together in age. 
Ironically, in an episode about the significance of names, Joni is not this mum's real name. She's chosen to use a pseudonym to keep her family's identity private. I chose English names for both my kids because I felt it was just a natural thing for me to do. I didn't have a connection to the Chinese or Malay heritage, so I couldn't, I, so I didn't have anything there that would make me think, oh, I should stick with the name. I don't know if having English names has any impact to their identity, but I suspect it's sort of easier for them or will be easier for them when my Chinese Singaporean daughter was born, her birth parents gave her a Chinese name and an English name. So I feel like even though, you know, some people choose to use something that's most common in their culture, they also choose something that's English too. Carolyn Moore also chose to change her daughter's names at adoption, but she had quite a different philosophical approach. My name is Carolyn Moore. I'm an Australian and I currently live in the Netherlands. I have two daughters that I have adopted from Ethiopia. My girls' names are Emma and Harriet and they are both eight years old. After the adoption process, I decided to change the girls' names and give them family names, not the Ethiopian names. And that was Again, something that you don't do lightly because you want your children to have a form of identity. And part of the rationale in doing that was the fact that they, what was the purpose for which they were given their Ethiopian names? When we sort of distilled that down into the fact that they were really given those Ethiopian names in an orphanage as an identifier, it wasn't a name that they were given by someone who loved them as a familial connection in any way equally and you know it's kind of harsh to make this comparison they could have been given a number but they were given a name in order to identify them within the orphanage I wanted them to feel that family connection sort of agnostic of the cultural connection the cultural connection is always there but I wanted them to have this strong sense of family an adoptive family, yes, but a family who loves them. So they are both given names that are important to us as a family, that connects them to our family. In a sense, that felt very important at the time to do that rather than to also maintain a name that, whilst it is an Ethiopian name, it's simply a tag Um, So that was part of the the rationale behind uh, changing the girls' names to something that connected them more to our family. It was a really big decision. Behind that decision was how much will this impact their sense of identity? And it's something that I've spoken to both girls about um, over time. We've recently had quite a number of conversations about it. They're curious about their name. And they know their Ethiopian names, it's not a secret. You know, and I've asked them how they feel about it. And they're like, yeah, I have an Ethiopian name. I'm kind of lucky. I've got that name, but I've also got this name that feels like me as well. And I think there's been some advantages 
in also being in a very international environment. You know, we, um, since adopting the girls, we've been moving internationally. And so they've been in touch with other children in a highly multicultural international environment. And I think in that sense, they're engaging with other children who have also really different views of their cultural identity. And it sort of reinforces the importance of the family unit. It reinforces the importance of accepting difference and diversity and being inclusive of different cultures. You know, so the cultural identity is there and it's important, but it's not something that they actually feel they've lost uh, as a sense of having their name uh, changed at all. Uh, in fact, I would say they identify more with being Ethiopian and being Dutch because we live in the Netherlands than they probably identify with being Australian. Even though they love going to Australia, they love seeing Australia, our Australian family, they know that they are Australian by passport, they also have their sense of being Ethiopian reinforced um, you know, through that sort of cultural discussions that we have. But ultimately we live in the Netherlands and they are fluent in Dutch and they engage with their friends in Dutch and their friends come from different backgrounds, they're Italian or they're you know, Syrian or you know, whatever have you. And they, they're in this real melting pot of cultures, which is really delightful to see how they're forming their own cultural identities as a result. For some adoptive parents, choosing a name for your new child is taken out of your hands by external circumstances beyond your control. My name is Nicole. I live in Elwood with my family of my husband, Simon, and my daughter, Miller, who's 15, and my other daughter, Sophia, who is 10. Miller is biological, and we adopted Sophia from Ethiopia when she was six months old. So the reason why we chose to use an English name for Sophia was because as we were going through the adoption process, we were meeting other children who had very unusual biblical names because in Ethiopia when children are taken to orphanages by police usually, the police name the children and some of the names that they give them, we felt it might be difficult living in Melbourne where we live with one of those names. So we also had to consider the fact that we had Miller who was four and a half when we were going through the adoption process and Miller was very much involved in the sort of the naming of Sophia. So unlike um, when you adopt in Australia, when you adopt from Dubai, you can choose gender. So we knew that we were going to be assigned a little girl and we also knew that we would be assigned a baby. With Miller, we decided to call our daughter Sophia. And then when we met her, she was actually called Hannah, which is a beautiful Ethiopian name. And the only, we would have kept it, except that we had sort of engaged Miller in the process and we felt that we couldn't, that we'd already fallen in love with our baby daughter and new sister called Sophia. So Sophia's name is Sophia Hannah Pierce. There are some parents who believe that maintaining their adoptive children's names has such a strong correlation to identity and heritage that changing their names is just not an option. 
My name is Lisa Mori and I live in Shepparton. I've been living here in Shepparton since 2000 with my husband, uh, David Mori, and we have two children who we adopted. Our children are from an Ethiopian heritage. Uh, yes, so our children, um, they've both kept their Amharic um, names, their Ethiopian names, and we felt very strongly about that. The adoption process, when you start off, you go through a whole education process where you have a look at, you know, what's involved and the, the effects on the children um, that you're adopting, the importance of their culture um, and their, their links to their culture and their origins. So we always felt really strongly about keeping their names and ensuring that that's part of their identity, that's who they are, that's their birthright, that they've actually got those names. Yeah, and we just embrace that and we love that about them and their names are really significant. The Ethiopian culture, they all have specific meanings. So my daughter's name means uh, she who unifies and my son's name means taking breath. It's really significant and the pronunciation obviously is really important as well and we just felt that that's their birthright, that's, that they're their names, that's what they were given and that was really important to us so that's why we made, made that choice not to change them. Robin Hawkins agrees with Lisa about the symbolic significance of maintaining an adopted child's cultural heritage through their name. That's why she chose to keep her adopted kids' original names Sahai and Kenley. For the Hawkins family, these names have provided an excellent opportunity to tell their story and educate and connect with others. So much so that when Sahai landed her role as the new Yellow Wiggle, the band wrote a song just about her name. Now every preschooler in Australia, and maybe the world, knows how to spell it and pronounce it. Let's spell it, everyone. T-S-E. H-A-Y T-S-E-H-A-Y T-S-E-H-A-Y And that's how you spell Sahai Hey Sahai My name's Robin Hawkins uh, I live in Bargo with my husband and our two children Sahai who is 16 and Kenley who is 10 we decided to keep Kenley and Sahai's Colombian names because when we came back from those from Ethiopia and Colombia, we knew that was all they would have, that that was their only identity, and we felt that that was important that they kept that. We actually really underestimated the importance of them keeping their names. When we meet other Colombians or Ethiopians, as soon as Sohai's name or Kenley's name is mentioned, there's this immediate connection that's really hard to explain, but it's like they, they know each other's stories just through the name. It's a really beautiful thing, and we're so, so glad we made that decision long ago to keep them. And we love the names. <laughs> Actually, we were told when we were in Colombia that it was a made-up name, but um, and we left it at that. But when we came back, we researched it and we actually found that it was an African name, that it meant God-given. So, um, yeah, definitely back in Kenley's genetics, there's the um, African connection there in Colombia too. Jenny Gilder had some time to really contemplate the name she wanted to call her Ethiopian daughter. As they spent the weeks getting to know one another before the adoption was formalised, 
she ran through all the options and came up with a compromise that accommodated both Amharic language and easy social integration in Australia, a compromise that felt right for her family. My name's Jenny. I'm, uh, I live in Flemington in, in Melbourne in, in the city west. I live here with my daughter who's turning nine next week. Mimi's name was a, a name that I chose for her. When she entered the, the orphanage, she was given the name Etzub Kabebitsahai. All the children got the family name, if you like, of Kabebitsahai from the government orphanage. And when children enter the orphanage, they're just given a name. So her name was Etzub. It took five months for the process, so I, I really thought quite hard about her name and whether or not it was going to be an easy name to use in Australia, um, the impact it may have on her down the track. It was also a name that whenever I pronounced it in Ethiopia, it was not, I didn't pronounce it as Ethiopians pronounce it. I found it very difficult and so I felt that that was a challenge if I called my daughter or continued to call her Etsub because I wasn't pronouncing it right. I chose Mimi because it actually is an Ethiopian name and I thought it'd be nice just to have a name that bridged both cultures, so something that it has got Ethiopian background, important for Ethiopians, but also it's a name that I thought would be, you know, suit her when she was here. And I sat on it for quite some time. I was fortunate that, you know, I... I spent a lot of time with her before I did have to officially change her name and I felt that Mimi really suited her. So she was called, she's called Mimi, but we also kept, or I also kept Edsel as her middle name. The decision to keep the middle name was because it was part of her history. She was adopted as a toddler, so she, like every other child coming in, had, did have another name that her family would have given her and that she, because of her age, would have recognised. We don't know that name. If I had have known that name, I probably would have chosen to keep that name just to, to honour her history. And I guess I've kept Edsel to do that. It is part of her history. I didn't want to get, you know, do away with it completely. And um, interestingly, she's quite proud of it at, at the moment. She's talking about it quite a bit. And um, it is something that she does take pride in because it is part of her journey. It's all very well for parents to make choices about their adoptive children's names. But we all know that as a child, we often hate the names our parents select for us, even if we aren't adopted. So I wanted to ask some kids about their perspective. Hello, my name is Ted. So I am adopted from Ethiopia. I sometimes prefer to be on my Ethiopian name because I feel like that's my original name and that sometimes feels right. Sometimes when people call me Tad, sometimes I feel that what what I've grown up with. Sometimes I feel, because my Ethiopian name is Anthony, I sometimes feel that is sometimes my name. My name is Sahai Hawkins, um, I'm 16 years old and I live in Sydney, Australia. I was born in Ethiopia in its capital, Addis Ababa, and my parents adopted me from there when I was seven months old and I've lived in Australia ever since. Well, with my parents retaining my Ethiopian name, growing up with such a unique name and like retaining my sense of identity, I guess it was really 
easy. I, I was very proud of my name because I, it had a cool meaning. It meant Sahai means the sun in English. So I was very proud of that Amharic name. And I like to tell everyone when they'd ask like, oh, Sahai, that's unique. And obviously when I was a kid, I used to go to classes and schools and when we'd have a sub teacher, they'd, I knew when they paused on the roll call, I'd be like, oh, that's my name coming up next. And I had no problem with it. It's not a name you come across every day. So, and like I have, trouble pronouncing other names and that's how we all learn as a group and they now about all the wiggles they all know about my name is Sahai and the meaning of the sun and I'm so happy that my parents um, kept my Ethiopian name and also that I could take on their last name so I've incorporated both cultures. Always smiling, you're as bright as the sun. You have such a beautiful name. Let's sing it. I don't know if Sophia having an English name has affected her identity too much, but she has started to say things like, my real name is Hannah. And I've said to her that at any time, if she wants to be, if she wants to change the name to Hannah, that she absolutely can. And we'd be more than happy to start calling her that. And she can then identify, you know, more with that name and the origins of that name for her. So what is the right thing to do when you're deciding what to call your newly adopted child? My name is Nikki Hartman and I'm the Manager of Post-Adoption Programs at Relationships Australia in South Australia Um, and I've been working in the post-adoption area since 2006. Look, um, choosing a name for adoptees is a really important and also complex thing to be thinking about. So again, you know, I'm Having worked in the area for a long time, I've been able to see changes in practice. And so years ago, it was like, change the child's name. You want to give them an Anglo name so that they fit in and they assimilate better into the Australian culture. And now what we're seeing, again, because we've been listening to the voices of intercountry adoptees, as saying, actually, the name that I was given at birth is really, really important. And we see this not just with in-country adoptees, we see this with um, local adoptees as well. So when they get their adoption paperwork and they find that their parents, their birth parents, named them something different, it's a real point of reflection around, I came into the world with this name and now someone's changed it. And so now we have policies in place in, in some states, because not all states are the same, but, but but there's also a general understanding that you shouldn't be changing your adopted child's original name unless there's a very good reason to do that. Um, and some of those things are like if there's a name that's in another language that in our Australian language it might have a different intent or might you know, have uh, a different meaning. Uh, So you need to be sort of mindful of that. But the general consensus is that children should retain their birth names and adoptees are telling us that. We know of lots of adoptees that have changed their name back to their birth name and that helps them to kind of embody their original intended identity, I guess you could say. My name is Rahel Davies. My background is Ethiopian, but I was adopted from Ethiopia to Australia when I was two years old. I think 
my parents choosing to call me by my Ethiopian name, Rahel, affected my identity in a great way. I mean, to be honest, when I first came, they do call me Rahal because they always thought that it was easier for people to pronounce Rahal rather than Rahel, which is how it's supposed to be said. Well, my brothers and sisters and stuff, they call me Rahal. But a couple of years ago, I decided to just, because Rahel isn't that hard, that it's pretty easy. So um, it's important to me to have that connection to my culture in any way that I can. So I'm glad that they didn't change my name. I have no problem with the fact that they decided to pronounce it in a different way. But for me personally, um, I prefer it when people call me Rahel because that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I mean, it, it's really, it's, it's up to the individual, but I think it's important to, if you're gonna adopt, to um, at least keep the child's name because it's a huge part. You lose a lot of that when, when you move. So if you can just keep the name, then I think that's the least that the least that people can do if they're going to adopt from another country. Next time on Mother Country, I explore why returning to the birth country is important for adopted children. I feel pretty connected to Ethiopia. I went there in 2017 with my family and that was a great experience to really see how people live in Ethiopia and we travelled up north and... Uh, well, I think my Ethiopian trip was a really good experience and I think I was able to learn a lot more about the Ethiopian culture and how they live. In 2015, we travelled back to Korea just for a little visit and a holiday and it was such an awesome experience. Like, from then, I was just like, I want to live here, I want to do a gap year here, I want to do everything, I just want to get more into my culture and stuff and it was just really cool to see how... There's such a traditional side to Seoul, but there's also, it's so modern and technical. It's, it's really cool. Mother Country was created and written by me, Amy Chan. Sound design by Max Gosford. To find out more about this podcast, go to sbs.com.au forward slash mother country. Thanks for listening. Listener.